Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. Hey, this is Colton Dixon. Hey, this is Rachel Lampert. This is Micah Tyler. This is Ellie Lineberg. What's up? This is Apollo LTD. Hey, guys. It's, it's We The Kingdom. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview. Well, that's uh, Freedom Find Me there from Philip Hanna's brand new uh, album, which is being released uh, this very Friday called uh, Stained Glass Stories. And I've got the lovely Philippa uh, joining me on the air right now. Good morning to you, Philippa. Good morning. How are you? Uh, well, it's a busy week for you, isn't it, with a big launch happening on, uh, on Friday? Yes, very busy. Lots of radio and things like that. And... Um, as I just mentioned to you before we chatted, I've got lots of posting to do because I'm doing lots of personally signed pre-orders and things. So busy, busy over <laughs> here. Oh, well, it's the right sort of busy, though, isn't it? So, oh, yeah, so definitely. So about that song, I mean, obviously we're going to play a few of your, of your tracks of the mm. new album today, but that particular song, Freedom Find Me, what, what, was the, what was the inspiration behind it? That song's really about my kind of coming-to-faith moment. And as a young person, I was 21 when I found my relationship with God when I started that journey and up to that point I'd tried a lot of different ways of finding freedom you know just everybody wants to feel a sense of freedom you know freedom from themselves from their emotions from from life and you know and I was looking for that in the wrong places I was looking for it in relationships and drinking shopping spending money whatever and um, just found myself even more kind of stuck so what I found was actually that by the grace of God, he seemed to come looking for me. And um, and when I started that journey, I felt like freedom found me. It was very much like I experienced that Jesus leaving the 99 thing, coming to look for me uh, in Barnsley. And, <laughs> and somehow helping me to begin my life again and find a true sense of freedom. Well, I'll talk to you a wee bit later on because obviously you did have quite an amazing experience in terms of beginning your faith journey. I guess that, that your whole life really has been quite quite an adventure. But let's begin at, at the beginning with your musical uh, influence. I mean, you, you grew up around music and, of course, your your brother, Stuart, uh, was a founding member of uh, Jamiroquai. Uh, so, mm. so when did all those musical influences things, when, were you singing in the bath? You know, were you Were you born with the notes in your mouth? A hundred percent, yeah. Actually, Stuart was playing bass on the song you just played, on Freedom Found Me, and um, he appears elsewhere on the album too. He's so talented. Um, Well, I guess everybody in my generation in the family, they kind of came from the same same source as me, which was the generation before, my dad and all his siblings. Um, So my grandfather and my grandmother, they kind of started it off, and they had a fleet of caravans and just used to travel around Ireland, and um, they were, it was a classic sort of one of those contentious marriages because my grandfather was Catholic, my grandmother was Protestant, and they, you know, they married controversially and ran away to start a show. So um, they did, and they had nine kids, and all of those kids were involved in the show, and they are basically all my uncles and aunts and my, my dad. So there was just this show business in the blood, really, and... My earliest memories are watching Dad on stage and getting dragged up on stage to sing little Irish songs and <laughs> little country songs. So that was, yeah, that's how it started. Yeah. Now, of course, you've mentioned country there, and you mentioned your, your, your dad, your dad Pat, and and, and his, and his mm-hmm. shows. So, has country always been close to your heart? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
hearing dad sing country songs and I was just always impressed by the the sort of humanity of country songs the way people tell their story and the way people uh, their grievances and joke about their grievances too like there's such a humor that kind of comedy tragedy thing that paradox going on in country music where you can be crying one minute and laughing the next and um it just always felt so human to me and so familiar yeah, it has a way of touching the heart, country music, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. So can you remember, I mean, you said there about, you know, your dad getting, your grandfather getting everybody up on the stage and performing. Can, can you remember your your very first public performance? Oh, yes. <laughs> I, think, I think I probably should have therapy still. Um, yeah, I was, I was about to, I mean, I'm told I got up on stage before that, probably before I was able to do much. But two was the first time I went, Dad, I want to get on stage. I want to be in the competition. So it was a talent competition. And I sang It's a Long Way to Tipperary. <laughs> Good heart and, song. Um, <laughs> yeah. And as I, as I was starting up the song, um, I was on a huge stage in a holiday park in Skegness, which my dad was doing the, so he was like being the compare of the entertainment. I always say he's like a singing Michael McIntyre, my dad, but an Irish version. Um, he got up and did the comparing at this, holiday park and, and I was in the competition and uh, when the lights hit me and you know obviously you can't really see much you can't see the audience I just became really frightened and just started crying and saying take me off take me off turn the lights off turn the lights off and everyone laughed and it was really traumatic <laughs> um, but they managed to find me a trophy in a cabinet which did, it didn't arouse my suspicion at all that there was a a tennis racket on this trophy, but it did stop me crying. So there we go. <laughs> well, it didn't put you off singing, did it? Nothing could, unfortunately. Uh, it's just something I always did, and I still sing pretty much twenty four seven. So those early days, you know, with with, with your dad, and and even that ex- experience at the holiday camp, uh, has all of that influenced you know what what you're doing right now. Yeah, I mean, when I get on stage, like, so last year I did a tour with the Kingdom Choir and I played the Royal Albert Hall and that was um, that was a real moment for me because I played just with me and my husband. Joel was playing percussion, myself on guitar and singing. And it was a, an absolutely packed out Royal Albert Hall and I shared my story and sang my songs. And uh, I thought, wow, this is... This was planted that day, you know. Yeah. This was planted that day that this, that big audience kind of scared me, and here I am, and it's been a long journey coming to a point where I can feel comfortable in that environment and actually feel like a strange sense of destiny and like I'm supposed to be on the stage. So I definitely carry it with me, and um, perhaps because of that early experience of being humiliated on stage, I sort of feel like the stage is a place where I lose my barriers and and I'm very honest about what I'm going through, which yeah. seems to have been quite helpful on the journey. Yeah, for what, you, for what you're doing right now. Of course, teenage life was to present you with quite a number of challenges, particularly battling with anxiety and, uh, and depression. It was, a, it was a dark time for you, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was a dark time. And actually, in recent months, thanks to this lovely crisis we've all been going through, I've I've felt like the prickles of what it was like, you know, just kind of reminded of the feelings. And it's so much different to sadness. People characterize depression as being, you know, I feel feel sad, I feel sorry for myself. It's really not. But they're normal emotions. Depression is something far 
darker and harder to describe and something very difficult to put your finger on, but you just know it things aren't right with the world and in terms of how you feel. You just feel very strange and disconnected and and you just feel this bleakness and um and that just settled over me in adolescence and you know, looking back, I really believe it was chemical. That's what kicked it off, because it almost happened the day I'd started secondary school. You know, it just was like, sure. bam. And um, as you start to go through those changes as a teenager, that's when it all hit me. And uh, it was just so difficult to function. And anxiety really was the main thing. Um, they're really closely connected, depression and anxiety. But if you feel anxious about everything it makes you depressed <laughs> yeah. um, because you can't face life and things that would have made you excited, like going to a party, just fill you with dread. So, yeah, it was a very, very difficult time, for sure. Mm. I mean, speaking to people now, I mean, you've mentioned the coronavirus and all of that thing, and sadly, of course, that hasn't helped people's mental mental health at all. But, but as you look now, I'm sure you must, even now in the concert, you do meet people who are... Who are now where you once were? What sort of what sort of words of encouragement could you give to somebody who maybe is in that dark place right now? It's very difficult, but it's so important to to tackle it in this kind of three pronged way. This little this kind of like this three sided way, and it it for me it's body, mind, and soul, and those three components. If you look after them they will you'll see a marked improvement um i think there's some there's almost some uh, taboo around mental health in in the church yeah. because it's it's felt that it should just disappear with a prayer and sometimes it does and sometimes a prayer breaks it but sometimes it's complex and the brain is complex and it takes a while for the brain to recover you know it's almost like god could heal your leg but you could still walk with a limp if that's what you've always done. Mm. And so I think when it comes to mental health, yes, pray, 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 and get people to pray for you, but also see a doctor and talk about, you know, the physical side of it, see what you could do to improve your physical health, because that's a huge thing. Some people make a couple changes in their diet or they quit drinking and depression massively improves. Mm. Um, but then... And, and then the middle one is, is the mind, and that's a huge one. It's very important to try and learn to think differently. And that can go hand-in-hand hand with the spiritual side, you know, keep capturing your thoughts and asking God to deal with your thoughts and help you to deal with them and turn them around, because before you know it, you can start to beat yourself over the head with your own thoughts from the moment you wake up. And that's that's habitual, Um and it takes a while to get out of that sometimes, um, but it can be done. And so, it's it's three. It's body, mind, and soul for me. That's the best mm. approach, I think. Well, of course, everything was to change for you in in two thousand and four. You go along to a Godfrey Bertel concert, and uh, it changed your life, didn't it? It was the beginning of a of a major change for you. Yeah, absolutely. It had that feeling that year of leading towards something and I'd, I'd just come out of a really difficult relationship um it was sort of a classic late teens relationship the all-consuming kind where you think you know this is forever and it's my whole life is this person 
and uh, the relationship was really unhealthy. We, I mean, we both had problems. Uh, he had a real problem with jealousy, and I felt very trapped in the relationship. And and I was trying to end that relationship, but because I was kind of weak and lonely, and and, and this happens all the time. You you stay in bad relationships because you don't feel you deserve any better. So I was just coming out of that, and so that felt like it was coming to an end. But things had got worse for me financially. I'd gotten into debt throughout that relationship as well because um, it was a bit of a long-distance relationship, and I felt like I used to pay for everything. And So mm. I'd, I'd gotten into debt, and I, I was really stuck with my music career in part because of what had been going on. And so I kind of walked into a church with some friends feeling pretty defeated and low, not expecting what happened at all, because I really thought I was just going to go and listen to some music. But Godfrey Bertel was leading worship, <laughs> and um, mm. the whole experience was extremely Holy Spirit-centered. And so as I stood there, I started to feel like, okay, it almost feels like I've been led here this year, this whole year, and maybe even my whole life has led me to this moment. And it was weird because it felt like a new chapter, but also felt like a returning home, which is odd because I've never been a Christian. Mm-hmm. But I do remember that as a kid I did believe in God and had this wonder in me, if you know what I mean, yeah. as kids do, about the the beautiful nature of the world and stuff and hope for the future. And I felt it like almost just being restored to me in that moment. And so I found myself praying, asking God to help me. And that's where it all started in from that meeting. Now, your your first album, I think it was way back in it was two thousand and seven that uh, Watch, yeah. Watching Me was was released. Did did you then? I mean, obviously, having started that wonderful journey of faith, at what point did you did you really want to express all that you were feeling, all that had happened to you through through your music? It almost just started happening instantly, and I think that's a natural thing for a musician or a songwriter, singer you kind of sing your emotions and if you even if you sing in somebody else's songs you sing your emotions and so i picked up the guitar really just to to sing and learn a couple songs like blessed be your name and um just felt like singing and then just w- was inspired and found myself using what i was going through to write songs and i had no idea that there was such a thing as christian music i'd never heard it you know the only th- all things bright and beautiful. That's what Christian <laughs> music was to me, yeah. and a lovely song it is too. But you know, that was all I knew of Christian music, and so it seemed like a bit of a strange thing to do. And I got a little bit stick about it at first, and I think that was spiritual, really. You know, some of the people around me were like, "What are you doing, singing about Jesus? You know, you're losing your mind." And um, it was tough at first. But I found that people really seemed to connect with what I was saying. Mm-hmm. And it, over the course of the three years that followed, so between like 2004 and 2007, um, I worked towards kind of getting off the ground and just full-time traveling with these songs. And, that, and yeah, and that just kind of led us to where we are now. And of course, you were, at home. you were sharing <laughs> stages with, with some greats, weren't you, in the music where like, you know, Lionel Richie and Leona... Deanna Lewis and wet, 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 lots of other uh, other other artists. Was that a good way of of maturing you as a, as an artist? You know, appearing with with those those big names, but appearing in your in your own right with with some of your own songs. It was a difficult transition because 
I was quite comfortable just doing my own thing, touring, sharing my story. And then the first night with Lionel Richie in 2012, it was, um, I think it was Nottingham Arena, full, absolutely full. And uh, I just felt suddenly really like I was going back to square one, you know, like the little kid on stage in Skegness. Um, I just felt really scared and was like, how does this translate? How can I take my Christian message into this mainstream arena? Um and it was difficult, and I had some teething issues, but I felt like God guided me in how to change my language ever so slightly to relate to people who had no church experience. Um, and so I really focused on my journey, my faith, my, my mental health situation, and found that it just really bridged the gap. And just lots of people would come and talk to me and say, oh, I'm not religious, but I love your music, you know, I'm new to this church thing, but I love your story. Mm. And that's kind of become my job, really. That's like my role, in a way, it seems, in the church is to sort of bridge the gap. Well, you're certainly doing that, because obviously Watching Me was to be followed by, uh, was it four more albums? And the, and the sixth album, of course, is due for its release uh, this Friday. It's been, a, it's been a long journey for you, hasn't it? An exciting journey. Yeah. Every album feels as exciting as the last and, and more. Um, and this one feels really good. Uh, this is the first time I've worked with a record label. And thankfully, they just left me alone to make the album. <laughs> <laughs> so they just kind of gave me access to a really, really great producer. And we worked together on the album, and it just it's turned out, I, I hope what it is, is a unique worship album um, that still sounds like me, but has that kind of broader element of being you could sing some of the songs in a church and um you know i, I hope it's really accessible for people who are new to worship as well well i think it's about time we played another track from it and uh, i've got trust lined up do you want to introduce mm. it i'd love to yeah i wrote this song with Stu g from delirious and um, i needed a song that was simple that just felt like kind of a balm to the soul um to focus help us to focus on God's plan and his ability to protect us in difficult times. So this is one of my favorite songs from Stained Glass Stories. This is Trust. Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. Hey, this is Colton Dixon. Hey, this is Rachel Lampa. This is Micah Tyler. This is Ellie Lineberg. What's up? This is Apollo LTD. Hey, guys. It's, it's We The Kingdom. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview. That's uh, Trust there from uh, Philippa's brand new uh, album being uh, being released uh, uh, this Friday, Standing Glass Stories. And of course, Philippa is my guest uh, today. So, Philippa, you've had fun putting your, this new album together, your first present of worship, your first with integrity music. And you said that, that they left you to sort of put it all together. Uh, so, so what was in the back of your mind in, in producing this whole album? Really, just getting the songs to sound the way they felt. Um, that's always the difficulty when you've written songs that you love, but you've written them on an acoustic guitar or on a keys and it's all stripped back, but you've got this vision of how you want to make people feel with the music. So I put, basically, it was a bit of a wing and a prayer. Johnny Bird, who I knew was a great producer, but I'd never heard him do what I wanted to do. You know, like I'd never heard him do something with a kind of slightly country flavor. Um, 
we got together and I just knew he just had the instincts of um, somebody who's a really sort of song-led producer. Somebody will take a song and let it speak. And he found it. He just found the sound with me. And it was, yeah, beautiful. So, I mean, the songs really are what led the way the album took shape. Yeah, I mean, the title of the album, Stained Glass Stories, is 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 a fascinating title. How did you arrive at mm. that one? So the album itself, like these songs that I'm talking about, they started to come together about two years ago now. It's, um, yeah, it's kind of taken that long for it to emerge. But I was on my way to Nashville for a writing trip, and it was supposed to be a songwriting trip to write country songs and pop songs and kind of the usual stuff that I do. And as that trip was about to happen, our family started to have a bit of a, a falling apart moment. And multiple people in the family started to have issues with their relationships. There was divorces happening, separations happening, families coming apart at the seams, and really traumatic stuff that was just a huge shock to the system and to our faith. And kind of closely following that, our church went through a major leadership change which was attached to all that and it was quite harrowing circumstances and we left to go to Nashville feeling like our whole faith and our world and our church and our families had been really shaken. Almost like, okay, from here on, our faith is going to look different and our lives are going to look different. And we were shell-shocked as we arrived in these writing rooms (laughs) and so I ended up just, as you do, we just kind of worked through it with our friends in songwriting rooms and we figured the only way through was to worship and to turn these songs into songs that were focused around God's power and ability to bring us through and God's sovereignty and goodness, you know, even when, listen, leaders fall and fail and disappoint us and families, people in our lives that are close to us, um, they have problems and they fall off of the pedestal we put them on and we wanted to put god back on that pedestal and put him in his place Mm. um which is you know at the center where he should be so that's how the songs came about (laughs) yeah and um Yeah, go, go I was going to say that, that one of, one of the tasks, of course, of, of, of worship leader like you know, like yourself, I don't know whether you you would have termed yourself by that, but of course, leading, it's leading people into the very presence of God, and of course, you're doing that in such a way where, because what you talked to me about today are very real issues, you know, whether it be anxiety, depression, challenges in the family, all pointing to the fact that we are very far from from perfect human beings and it and as i've listened to some of the tracks in this album i've i felt my spirit being lifted i think that that really is a is, is a is a it's a high calling philippa and and i don't know whether i suppose it's a bit too early days for you to get feedback on on the album so far hmm. have you had much thus far well i've been sending out advanced copies to people who know me you know in terms of fans of my music if you like yeah. followers of my ministry um, they've ordered advanced copies from my website. So I've had some personal feedback, um, and it's been really, really good feedback so far. Um, a lot of people saying that they like all the songs, which is quite rare <laughs> for an album, and and people saying that songs like You're Still God and um, that they've really helped them to come back to that center of knowing who God is. And I, I didn't actually answer your previous question, I'm so sorry, but uh, about the Stained Glass Stories title, um, yeah. just sort of, bearing in mind that all of these songs are based in 
a time that was very difficult, the idea was that the way God shines his light through a situation allows it to be beautiful. And I'd, at the end of the album, I'd walked through this gorgeous church, um, a really, really old church, and um, speaking to the caretaker, I asked him where stained glass came from, what was its purpose, other than to look pretty. And he said, well, it was storytelling. It was the way people used to share the gospel, because a lot of people couldn't read, some people didn't speak English. Um, and that by looking at a stained glass picture, it told a story of God's grace. And then it just sort of hit me, wow, okay, that's what these songs are to me. They're like stained glass stories of God's grace shining through a situation. So, I mean, even the fact that there is an album that came out of such a horrible time for my family, mm. it's just proof of God's, like, redeeming power to make things beautiful. I heard somebody saying once that you can't really lead unless you, you, you walk with a limp. You know, it's, a, it, it's mm. interesting how even the dark times, I, I, and I certainly, you know, you've, you've reflected throughout the interview how walking through difficulties and challenges uh, is really how, you know, God has, well, certainly shaped you and, and shaped your music. I want to talk to you about two, though, two, two areas of your very quickly that we haven't touched on. One is that you're quite a prolific uh, author. And uh, so, do you, see, do you like, uh, do you like writing, writing books? And, and again, uh, I think your first one was, uh, was following the breadcrumbs. It was, a, yeah. uh, it was fan- fantastic. And how have they been received? And what's been your, your, your sort of uh, your idea in, in taking the pen up? I feel like. I love the art of songwriting because you can put a lot into a small space and kind of summarize things. But I love to think and I love to process. And I just find myself writing, whether it's just notes into my phone. Um, I just ha- I have these thoughts and I love to write them down. And it, it occurred to me around, I guess, 2013, after I'd been on tour with Lionel Richie and things like that, um, that I wanted to share my faith experience, like my my conversion journey with people, mm. um, from the point of view of somebody who'd kind of just come into church as an unchurched person, and to share the experience of why do I believe in God? You know, why? Um, why am I so sure that the, the thing that changed my life was God, and not just me, or a change in circumstances? And... I'm so convinced that it was supernatural. I wanted to share that experience. So it really just comes from wanting to share. And um, I followed that with Amazing You, which is a 365 devotional. Um, All of these are available on philippahanna.com, by the way. Um, Yep. Yeah, Amazing You is a daily read because I understand that every day is tough in some way and you need that boost and might not have time to read somebody's entire book. But you might have time for a little, a little reflection. So, so that's what that's about. And the other area of your life is that you're an ambassador for Compassion uh, UK. I find I, I had them on the show just a couple of weeks ago and uh, doing tremendous work in the lives of children. What does that entail for you? I came to know about them about Compassion UK in 2007, and it was when I first started to do concerts in the Christian world. So I had my new album. It was it was actually just before my new album arrived, and I played a little festival um, in Stoke on Trent called Adoration Fest. And I was I was actually playing in the marketplace, you know, by all the stalls. Um, and I came across this stand 
with child with pictures of children, um, children who were waiting for sponsors, and Matt Harris, who was the guy on the stand at the time, a friend of mine now, he was just telling me these children live in poverty, and compassion enables us to lead them out in the name of Jesus. It enables us to pray for them, write to them, and provide for their physical needs so that they get a shot at life and they get a shot at a relationship with God. And because I was a new Christian, I was like, this is awesome, I'm going to do it. And I didn't really have a lot of money at the time. I was waitressing to make make ends meet, but um, I took the plunge and I sponsored Carlos. And um, 12 years on, or whatever it is, more than that, 14 years now, um, I went to visit him, uh, actually just last summer, and it was just the most amazing experience. Um, having written to him all this time and seen that my, you know, pocket change, my 80 pence a day or 83 pence a day or whatever it is, um, 25, 28 pounds a month it is now, um, seeing that that has led him through school, it's made sure he's, his health care is provided for, it's given him a hope and a future. Um, it was the most emotional thing I've ever experienced. So I'm a keen ambassador. I love what they do. And, you know, I think child sponsorship doesn't just set a child free from poverty. It takes you and your faith to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, certainly you, you're not twiddling your thumbs there, Philippa, are you? <laughs> um, no, I, I'm course, say, I, I say you say that, but I'm actually still in bed. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> well, that's right. You can, you can have some rest, you know. Uh, of course. Uh, of course, the, the, uh, the other thing I should say to you is actually getting your music out there. I mean, you mentioned philippahanna.com and, uh, mm-hmm. and of course here in the UK, you know, we've got a limited number of, of Christian radio stations. The big market is, is the States. Have you begun to begin to crack that market? Um, a little bit. It's interesting because I did a lot of meetings in America and I do a lot of writing in America. It's a sort of strange animal, the Christian music industry in America is a very, very lucrative industry and very competitive. And I wasn't prepared for that because I kind of went in there thinking, yay, I'm going to meet loads of people who want to share the gospel with the world. <laughs> and that's not really what I encountered, if I'm honest. Yeah. I I encountered a lot of people telling me my songs weren't quite right for radio and really? I'm too British or whatever. Um, <laughs> a lot of people telling me I wasn't really right for it and... I sort of came away thinking, you know what, though, God God can open any door. And have seen really cool things happen, like viral videos that have taken my music to the, to, to the other continents. And, um, you know, I, I, think, I think the U.S. is my most, li- I'm most listened to on Spotify in the U.S. Mm. So I think, like, God can do it with or without anyone else's help. And thanks to the beauty of streaming and the Internet, so the album is available on Spotify and Apple Music as well for people um, this Friday. So they can they can go and pre-save it now, Stained Glass Stories, um, or just go to my, my profile, Philippa Hanna, on Spotify, and, and it'll be there on Friday. Get more interviews now. Visit hopefm.com forward slash the artist interview.